tell you what I'm going to do in the spirit of Cam Hayward winning the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award last night. And congratulations to a phenomenal human being. We'll have more on him later in the program. But in the spirit of that positivity, of everything that Cam brings, the light that he brings into every room in which he walks, I'm going to find a way, I swear, to be professional about T.J. Watt not being the Defensive Player of the Year. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates that I hope you'll check out. All right, ready? We're going to do this professionally. No name calling. I'm not going to bring up Miles Garrett swinging his helmet at Mason Rudolph's head and then lying about him being a racist or calling him something racist conveniently five days after the fact. I'm not going to bring any of that up, as you can see. I'm not even going to be petty and point out that Nick Herbig had more sacks over the Steelers' final seven games than Garrett had over the Browns' final seven games when they needed him the most. Garrett had one. I'm not going to bring that up either, as you can see. Nope, I'm going to be the cool, calm, and collected adult in the room. And I'm going to read to you Garrett's figures for the year and his corresponding NFL rank. He finished with 14 sacks, tied for seventh. This is an edge rusher. He had 30 quarterback hits. That was eighth. He had 17 tackles for a loss. That was tied for seventh. 79 QB pressures, tied for ninth. Forced fumbles, four, tied for fifth. A nice season, to be sure. Didn't crack the top four in any category. And I'll remind you, this is an edge rusher. That's worth repeating here. Because edge rushers really are only supposed to do one thing, and it doesn't involve getting close to somebody or drawing a double team or pulling a flag out of somebody's pocket. You actually have to get to them and make something happen for your team. Was I getting petty there again? Okay, no, no, no. Here, I'll stop. I'll stop. Let's do this a different way. This is also, by the way, really just statesmanlike. That's what I'm going to be here. Statesmanlike. Ready? Here we go. The first number I'm going to read to you is TJ. The second number I'm going to read to you is Garrett. Tackles. TJ, 68. Garrett, 42. Solo tackles. TJ, 48. Garrett, 33. Tackles on running plays. You know, edge rushers are allowed to make tackles on running plays, too. TJ, 39. Garrett, 25. Sacks. Sacks are kind of a big deal. Not because they're, they're sexy or they've become like some hot new wave stat, because they make a real live non-flag football-like impact on the game. TJ, 19. Garrett, 14. Tackles for loss of any kind. TJ, 19. Garrett, 17. Quarterback hits. You know, When you're running up all kinds of wonderful pass rush win rate, 
metrics, it's also helpful to be able to get to the quarterback and at least make physical contact. TJ, 36. Garrett, 30. Forced fumbles, they were even. Four each. All right. Now Garrett's closing some ground, huh? Fumble recoveries. TJ, three. Garrett, one. Defensive touchdowns. Since that's a related subject, TJ, one. Garrett, zero. Takeaways. TJ, four. Garrett, one. Interceptions. TJ, one. Garrett, zero. Uh, I could do this all day. How many of these would anybody need to see? How deep does this list have to go on for the 50 voting members comprised of writers and other people in the industry to say, hey, hang on a second. Regardless of what we've been hearing from the advanced analytics crowd, and by that I mean just the geeks at Pro Football Focus because they're the only ones doing it, it seems. Regardless of that, I'm going to... I'm going to use my actual brain here and I'm going to look and see which side of this ledger has bigger numbers. And that's the way I'm going to vote and trying really, really hard now to, you know, stay, stay composed. I'm going to point out one other thing. I don't care who this offends. Football's analytics in general, but primarily those that are put together by PFF because, again, they just seem to be predominant in this area for some reason. These analytics are so pathetically far behind those of baseball that it's not even worth calling them analytics of any kind. Data is required before you can come up with reasonable conclusions. Football still lacks data. An understanding of how an offense is structured, of what a play is supposed to produce, whether it's offense or defense, is missing from football by necessity because teams don't give that stuff out. And a play where you think the safety was to blame, it might well have been on the corner or it might even have been a linebacker who was supposed to pick up somebody. And we never find out. I can go in the locker room and I can ask. They don't have to tell me. So how do you produce data out of that? At least when you're throwing a pitch in baseball, you have a pretty good idea of what they're trying to achieve. Same goes for the swing of the bat. In football, you don't even know what the objective was on a play. And yet for reasons I can't begin to fathom, the football world just took this PFF thing and ran with it. Never came up with a reasonable competitor to it. Just said, this is how it is. These guys are really studying and they really have a hang of this. They've got information that we don't, but they don't. They don't. They don't have information that any one of the 32 teams doesn't already have. So here comes pass rush win rate. And if you include it in your article, if you're a writer, well, you look just a little bit smarter, don't you? That's that's what this is about. So someone will cite it. Someone will say pass rush win rate. And you sound like some kind of football egghead. And more people than not won't question you. That thing developed its own life. 
and everybody found it acceptable to say that the guy who leads in pass rush win rate but doesn't lead in any other category of substance was Defensive Player of the Year. When we come back, J1Q. Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George. LGKG is a personal injury law firm in Western Pennsylvania that represents people hurt in car accidents or who need help with workers' comp or medical malpractice. When the attorneys at LGKG make you a promise, they keep it. They've been keeping promises in our region for over 80 years. LGKG's been AV rated, the highest rating a law firm can receive, and They've been designated super lawyers. That's actually a thing for over 15 years. It's a rare combination. LGKG has offices in Cranberry, Newcastle, Beaver Falls, Butler, and Elwood City. Learn more about them by visiting lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. LGKG. Today's J1Q comes from Ryan, and as promised, we are absolutely going to pay our own little tribute to Cam Hayward here. Ryan says, first off, congratulations, DK, to Cam, but can you take us in behind the scenes and provide insight as to when you first realized that he was this special type of person, leader, character? It's rare when an athlete in a city match up so perfectly on and off the field. This award now adds to the amazing legacy that he'll leave the entire city of Pittsburgh. I don't often mix sports on any of the three daily shots that I do, Ryan, but I'm going to point out that all three of our teams in the city are blessed to have one such individual because you have Cam with the Steelers, you have Sidney Crosby with the Penguins, and you have Andrew McCutcheon with the Pirates all three of whom have connected with Pittsburghers far and wide in ways that are extraordinary, even, even within our own little world. The best quote that I've ever heard about Cam came from, this shouldn't surprise you, Mike Tomlin a couple of years ago. It was really short, but boy, did it nail who he is. Five simple words. Cam checks all the boxes. I don't know that I've ever heard anybody say something nicer about somebody else. Because in that framework right there, Tomlin summarizes everything you'd want to summarize about Cam. Because he is everything on the field that he is off the field. He just applies it in decidedly different ways. He's a giant on the field, gentle off the field commanding on the field, giving off the field. To answer your actual question there, Ryan, I realized it a long, long time ago, just like I think everybody else did. But it really hit home with me just a couple months ago when Cam caught my eye in the, in the locker room and summoned me over to his corner where he sits on the south side. And began asking me some questions about a downtown business that's near where we have our headquarters and shop on Fifth Avenue. It's called Cafe Momentum. It's a block over. And 
it's a project as much as it is an eatery in that a significant percentage of the workers there are what's classified as uh, justice-involved youth. You don't want, you know, they're not necessarily ex-convicts. They didn't necessarily even commit crimes. They just got into trouble. And they got into trouble at a young age, and that can make you unhirable, and you cannot have a second chance, a third chance in life. This place gives that. And what he wanted to know was, basically, is this legit? Are you hearing good things about it? And from there, he wanted to know, you know, what he could do. This is the part of this process that was being lauded, and rightly so, the way it was over the NFL honor ceremony last night. The NFL does this better than anybody. They treat the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award as quite literally the NFL's highest honor. That's neat. It's a bigger deal in the show and really in the league than MVP, than Offensive Player of the Year, which Lamar Jackson got. Defensive Player of the Year, which TJ Watt should have gotten. Hey, I didn't say I couldn't be petty in the second segment, right? But they save all the pomp and circumstance for Cam, and he goes up there, and how did he say it was Prince freaking Harry, which is going to be the most memorable line from the entire ceremony. And it was just just beautiful because it's real because cam doesn't have to ask me a thing about that place he doesn't have to look into it he can have any number of people some of whom uh, he admirably applauded himself in his speech last night who work for the Steelers who arrange these things who make sure that he's in the right spot that's how I don't want to burst anybody's bubble here but that's how a lot of these things go with the professional athletes. They know they have to do something, so they check with so-and-so who's at the desk upstairs. The person at the desk upstairs says, yeah, you can go to do uh, some food packing at the at the homeless shelter or whatever. And they just, you know, will go through the motions. That's not this guy. He's trying on a daily basis to make a difference and it comes from the heart that's the best thing i've got for you ryan i appreciate the question i appreciate everybody listening to daily shot of sealers except if you're even remotely associated with the dpoy vote you you are not welcome to come back here and listen to another episode monday bye-bye You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.